The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking about what we really think about customer avatars. Brace yourself. Oh, tell me what you really think. Don't hold back. Do it. Uh, Before we get into that, though, a big controversial discussion where we're going to slag off some things. Um, We want to tell you about something really cool that's free that we think you'll like. It's a resource called Click Tricks, which if you listen to the podcast for a while, I'm sure you've already got. But if you haven't, you need to go and grab this because getting people to click on the links in your emails is really important. If they don't click on the links in your emails, they can't go to your offers to see what the hell it is that you're doing. And so we want to mix it up a bit. We want to make sure we got a variety of different ways of dressing up those links and making them look appealing to people who are on our list for a while. And so the way we do that is by using these different techniques we've put into this report called Click Tricks. It's yours totally free. It's 12 really creative ways that you can start using immediately from the next email you send to start dressing it up and making your your links look more interesting. Uh, just go to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash tricks. He wants to learn to solve a Rubik's Cube. It's comedy hypnotist Robert Temple. And his favorite ice cream is mint chocolate chip, but he always orders vanilla. It's psychological mind reader Kennedy. So ordinarily, the strategy when you go anywhere is to order the thing that you like the most. Yeah, usually. Yeah, usually the biscuits. Or at least sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. I love mint chocolate chip ice cream. I love it. And if it's on on a side of the plate, I love it. But to judge whether somewhere's ice cream is good, you have to taste their vanilla. Because then you know the base of whatever else flavor you're going to have is a good one. So the first time you go to a place, a new ice cream place, always have the vanilla. Then you go back, have different flavors. That's strategy. But what if their specialism is the mint chocolate chip and the vanilla is just there for the people who don't like that? Or is that never a thing? I've never thought of that before. And now you've just messed up my entire system for Start trying ice cream. Start again. <laughs> hey, this is Robert. <laughs> um, so you've had a Rubik's Cube that you've fiddled with on your desk during our meetings. It's just behind you, actually, yes, uh, for years. And you still can't solve it. No, because obviously there is a strategy to it. And I know how to do the first bit. The first bit is you have to get two sides looking like I know, a No, no, no. I know the first bit is you have to mix it up. I mean, we can all do that. You mix it up. Then once you've done that, you have to get it so the two sides have a T on them. And that's quite straightforward to do just by using your eyes. <laughs> and because then, you can spell T for temple. That's how you're already good at it. Yeah. And then once you've done that, there's like a sequence of like, if this, then that. And if that, then that, which is fine when it comes to conditional logic in an email campaign or something. Uh, but when it comes to um, when it comes to Rubik's Cubes, I just forget what they are. So I'd like to learn to do it, but I'm just not putting any effort into it i'd passively like to learn it you'd like to it's a dream it's not a goal isn't it that's exactly it that's the difference god i need some better dreams (laughs) we're a comedy hypnotist and a psychological mind reader turned email marketing geeks who give course creators coaches and membership site owners everything that you need to use psychology driven email marketing to be the email marketing hero in your business, which means you making more sales more predictably in less time with a brand new episode every email marketing Wednesday. I'm really glad I came up with email marketing Wednesday because it's been such a hit. It has. It has that was one of my hit. best decisions, I think. One one, that was your, one of my best moves in the business. Your, one of the best yeah, things your, I ever did by myself without any input from you or anyone else. Yeah, 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 yeah. We need to get you wearing a t-shirt with it on. That's gonna be the next. That's the next. I, mean, I might be pushing it a little bit, uh, but but there you go. I've if got you it on my or- pants. 
Oh, have you? Oh, which side? The back. <laughs> <laughs> of course you have. Of course you have. If you're new to the show, hello, welcome. It's lovely to have you with us, listening in. We do this every week, every single week. And uh, talk about something else to do with email marketing. So if you haven't already, make sure you hit the subscribe button and automatically, automatically, a new episode will download to your device. So the idea of the customer avatar has been around a long time, loads of time, and it's usually the first module of every course. You log in and it's about Pinterest or something. You go, lovely, I'm going to learn how to make pictures on the internet. And it goes, now for the first hour, I'm going to show you how to make a customer avatar. And everybody goes, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, and I think there's a bit of an Empress New Clothes thing around this. I think what happens is people will um, buy the course and they're very excited because marketing's happened and they buy the course and they're very <laughs> excited to log in and they log in and they look at it and the first module um, is an introduction and then after that it says, right, here's where you get started. Are you ready to get started? Like, yes, I'm ready to get started. I've never been more ready for anything in my life. And then they watch the module and they go, right, so, and they're probably the first time you're excited by it. You get a piece of paper out and you go, right, so uh, average customer, how old do I think they are? And you go, uh and you guess, but you feel okay about it. And by the end of it, you have to give the thing a name and you call it Judith or whatever. And by the end of it, you go, I don't even know if this is true or if I've just made this up. That, that's the that's where you end up. But what you think is, and I did this for years, I don't know about you, Kennedy, but I did this for years. I would study customer avatar stuff. I'd find it really hard to implement. I'd get to yeah. the end of it and go, I think I'm just thick because everyone else mm. must be getting it because it's the first module mm. of every course I've ever seen. So mm. everyone else must be getting it and therefore I'm thick. I can't do this and I feel really demotivated by it. And I think there's a real Emperor's New Clothes to it that we're all going out going, oh yes, my customer avatar... Uh, you've got one as well, haven't you? And the other person's going, oh, yes, oh, I've got uh, one. I filled the sheet in. <laughs> and the truth the truth is, you're just making a load of shit up, aren't you, really? And one of the things that we came to realise, actually just through a conversation the other day, and we were being interviewed for something, is a customer avatar tends to be something that you can do only retrospectively once you've got an audience. It's, I'm going to say the word impossible, it is impossible to create a customer avatar before you've got an audience because what you're actually doing is guessing. Yes, you're going to make educated guesses. You're going to decide, okay, we teach how to um, how to do long-distance running. Great. So you're going to know certain things about your audience. Maybe you only teach men how to do that, so you know certain things. They're going to be men, and they might tend to be between this age bracket and that. Ju- but that's not a full customer avatar. That's not going to be that useful when you're trying to figure things out. Because to be honest, at the beginning... You're just trying to figure things out. That's what you're trying to do, right? So this is having a custom avatar is something that you have once you've got an audience, not what you do to start one. Otherwise, you are paralyzed by, she's called Jane, she's got blonde hair. Who gives a shit when you, all you're doing is you're teaching weight loss? What, does your weight loss program not work with people who haven't got blonde hair? No, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. 
Yeah, I think the the concept of having a customer avatar has been made too wide, and people are trying lots of different things. And so, what you what you want to actually start to do, and you can also end up with an audience you don't like as well, because you've you've invented an audience <laughs> you think might be profitable, but actually you don't like them very much. And so, what we've really started to do is just start doing what we want to do. We know we've got good stuff that will help the right people. Uh, we're not totally sure who it's going to be yet, so we'll just start putting stuff on the internet, and we'll start to see who resonates with it. Start appearing on podcasts and stuff like that. Have a rough idea of who your market might be so we had the rough idea that we want to sell to people who sell courses and memberships and coaching and stuff on the internet small business owners we don't want to sell to the marketing exec at microsoft and we don't want to sell to big huge corporations if they happen to stumble across us fine but that's not who we're going for but we didn't go down as as refined as they're going to be women not men they're going to be in this market but not in this market so what we did is we started putting content on the internet that was just aimed at anyone who's ever thought about selling a course at all stages, whether they're just starting out or they've made millions of dollars or everything, just content that would appeal to somebody. And then we started to pay attention to who it appealed to. And then retrospectively, as Kennedy said, go back and go, well, actually, you know, most of our audience, and, and let me tell you ours, most of our audience fall into these categories. Most of them are female between the ages of 35 and 55, married with kids in the US, the UK and Australia and Canada. And they're experts in something. That's generically who we're talking to. But we didn't choose that we want to appeal to women. We didn't go out one day and say, right, we're going to just run ads at women and see what happens. We ran ads at everyone and women responded more. We went out and did training for communities of men and women and women responded more. Now, of course, you might be listening to this thinking, that's me. I'm, I fall into that category. Or you might be listening to this thinking, that's not me. I'm a, I'm a man and I'm 70 and I live in uh, somewhere other than those countries. I live in... Uh, Nigeria and that's fine all of those things are okay but that's where avatars fall over right we we can't just say we're only going to sell to these people and if we do we're going to alienate just put content out and alienate the people you naturally alienate and draw in the people you naturally draw in it's going to save you a shed load of time but also you're going to end up creating a business you like because you're going to be talking about the things you you don't have to go I remember I used to do a radio show for a local radio station and their listener avatar was a 35-year-old housewife called Jane. And every meeting was all structured around what what will Jane want? What will Jane want? What will Jane want? What will Jane want? And I remember thinking, that's all great, but that doesn't mean we're creating games we want to play and stuff and features that we want to run because we're creating them for this person. Whereas if you create the stuff you want to create and let that draw in the audience who are naturally drawn to you, in this, you know, th- then that's going to work much better for you. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And basically, you want to make sure that you remember that... Of, that, of our avatar, for example, that Rob mentioned, female, 35 to 55, USA, UK, Canada, Australia, and experts, you might fall into some of those categories. So you might not be female, but you might be also, but you might be 35, 55, and from the USA, and you might be an expert in something. So we are individuals. That's the thing. Like, I remember uh, my dad always saying that labels are for tins, you know. Why do we have to label everything? And, I, and he's right, you know, labels are for tins. I just, you know, that's one of those things. So... Rather than create content that appeals to just one avatar and alienating some amazing people who'd be amazing customers for you, right? At that point, like joining your email list, find a category that they fall into and you could maybe just like send them different emails, right, Rob? Yeah, absolutely. You want to make sure that you're routing people down different paths based on who they are and what they're doing. And this is where we look at segmenting things. So for example, when somebody comes into our business, one of the first things that we do is we start saying, okay, great, let's find out a bit about you. Uh, So for example, um, if we were teaching fitness, we would quickly want to find out is somebody male or female? Because 
I'm, I'm sure that um, we, we need to treat those people differently. Are you, um, what age bracket are you in? If you're 70 and you're just trying to keep your flexibility and mobility up, that's different to if you're 22 and you want to be a bodybuilder. So what are your goals? Where are you at? And then we just route those people down different paths. Now, it could be that you bring in some people, you just can't help them. That's okay. They'll go on their way. I'm sure that happens to us in our business too. But at least it allows you to serve everybody that you do bring in in the best possible way. It's well worth checking out a couple of episodes that we did of the email marketing show about segmentation. One of them is about six techniques to segment your email subscribers. If you just go to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash the number five, that'll take you to that episode. Uh, and another one is when is it too early to segment your email subscribers? Because that's a thing. Uh, go to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash 8383. Um, it's definitely worth checking out those two episodes. Basically, what we try and do is create, rather than a customer avatar, we try and create something we call dynamic customer journeys. And that is create forks in the road, create points at which people get to choose at the crossroads, which route do I want to go down? You don't need to use like like the big uh, the big media, uh, the, the big brother is watching you kind of stuff. Literally ask people, hey, um, are you currently in this situation, this situation, or that situation? And they choose by clicking a link or telling you or, or completing a survey or filling out a poll or something. And then you show them the content that actually helps them, right? And you might find that one person might go down one route and then go down a different route later because we are, that allows us to create a what sounds complex, but actually is just a, a unique journey for that person. So the person might say, I'm male, and they go down the male path, for example, but then they're also going to get an age question. Okay, they're also 22, well, that's different to somebody who's chosen female and 22 or female and 55 might be a different route. But just along that way, you're collecting that data. And then all it means is when you're about to send an email in terms of the practicality of using this, when you're about to send an email about your new offer, just think which of those categories definitely should hear about this and which of them definitely should not hear about the, this thing. And then include the ones that should and exclude the ones who should not. And now they're getting the perfect message. And when people get that perfect message because they're in a dynamic customer journey, you increase that engagement because the thing that gets people to disengage is when you send them something irrelevant. If somebody sends me a thing about blockchain or flipping NFTs, I'm immediately out, like immediately gone. Because I've got no interest in that stuff. I've got no understanding of that stuff. So I'll disengage that person's emails. Whereas if they send me a thing to do with musical theater, I'm going to read that. But maybe most of you wouldn't. I don't know. So use these dynamic customer journeys just by asking people questions and taking note of what they click on and what they engage with. It's interesting. Like, for, so for example, one of our league members, Hilary Marie, teaches tap, tap dancing, basically. Um, and she teaches it to people who want to learn to tap dance, but also to instructors who teach tap dance. Now, obviously, she teaches, I'm sure, different things and a different level and all of that stuff. But those are two different categories. Now, if she'd been forced down her customer avatar route, she very likely would have been forced to initially choose one of those two camps and say, well, I, you know, uh, somebody who's learning tap dance and is a beginner is totally different from somebody who is an instructor. Therefore, they, they're, they're different avatars. I'm going to have to like do totally different things. Because actually, when she started putting content out on the internet, it found that it drew both of those people in. And then when she gets them on the list, she can say, them and say what she needs to say to different people but she also within the within that uh, if you look at just the let's zoom into just the tap dancing lot there's going to be people that people be people there who are just starting out 
There's going to be people who are very advanced and have been doing this for a long time and are looking for mastery and refinement. There's going to be people who are local and therefore want to come to her studio that's in person. There's going to be people who are miles away and they need to be online. And very quickly, you realize that no business is sustainably growable with one customer avatar. You need to have a bunch of different profiles that you can sell to. And those profiles within them are all have so many little nuances. There's a reason why Facebook, the last statistic I saw, and this will be old now, but the last statistic I saw is that Facebook collects 52,000 data points on every single person, whether you like milk or don't like milk, whether you go to the zoo or don't go to the zoo, whether you live in this city or live in that city. And you realize if one person can have 52,000 data points collected on them just by using Facebook, just by having it on their phone and going about their day-to-day life and interacting with people on Facebook, that really tells you that actually trying to shoehorn it everybody I ever want to sell to down into one category doesn't work anymore. And so now what we can do is we can we can make sure that we are just putting content on the internet, building a business we like full of people that we like working with, and it's much more effective. Yeah, I mean, and think about all those data points about that, that even Hillary Marie must be collecting, you know, about where, where, what their stage of, of, of mastery of, of the industry of tap is and whether they're an instructor or a student or, a, or whatever. All these data points, all she has to do to practically use it, because you might be thinking, oh, my God, so overwhelming. People always say to us, oh, segmentation is so overwhelming. It's really simple. All she does every time she wants to send an email or launches a new, a new sequence or a program or whatever, she just thinks for a second which people can actually buy this well it's a thing i'm I'm launching in my local studio and it's a kids program well she's going to go to the box which says what age are you and only let people under 15 uh, be emailed about it and she or or the parents of and go to the parents category and she's going to find people who live in the local area and not send the people so it's just about who can i send this and then only sending it to the most relevant people so rather than customer avatars think about dynamic customer journeys think about creating these custom searches every single time you send out a new campaign and only sending it to the people who actually check all the boxes and excluding the people who don't if you want more information about how we do this and the campaigns to do this there's a couple of really cool resources inside of the league if you're not already a member you can go to the leaguemembership.com where we go really in depth on this and how to practically do it for small businesses like us who don't have big teams of clever data people just in a really simple way a few things to check out in there one of them is called survey funnels it's a whole course about you different ways and interesting and innovative ways of using surveys and also most of the campaigns in the in the league that we give you to copy and paste and go and deploy for yourself they use some kind of segmentation to make sure you're only targeting the people who are most likely to buy because they're most engaged with that topic. So go to theleaguemembership.com if you're not already a member and everybody else go and get stuck into that. Now it's time for this week's... I can't find the button because my mic's in a new place. Subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. So this one is, I forgot to tell you dot dot dot. And... Um, this has a couple of things going for it. Number one, it's got curiosity in it. Forgot to tell me what and why is it important. Um, but also, it's as unmarketing as it gets. One of the things that's most subject lines, if you scan through your inbox and you separate out the ones that are marketing bulk sell, sent emails from the ones that are your sister sending you an email about something, usually the emails you get from your friends and family are very bland subject lines, or they're not there at all. But they're usually very, very bland, to, straight to the point subject lines like, 
Tuesday night question mark would be one. Do you want to fancy going to see this film on Tuesday night? Uh, you know, they're very bland. They're very unmarketingy, and most subject lines are quite marketingy. They're quite catchy and interesting. So, because most people who are just sending an email to their friends don't put any thought into what the subject line is, they just type the first words and then move on. And so, sometimes just to cut through the noise of all the marketing punch, you can just say something that looks so direct that it could have come from their friends or family, and then that really helps cut through the noise. So, with a bit of curiosity on the end, that really nudges it up to the next level. Uh, it's I forgot to tell you subject line of the week subject line of the week loads packed into this week's episode we do this every single week so if you haven't already make sure you hit the subscribe button on your podcast player and could you spare us five minutes maybe even two minutes go to your podcast player leave us a review and we'll read it out on the show we're back next week thanks so much for listening we'll see you there the email my-